Hi, this is Pastor Ski from Christ the Rock in Round Rock, Texas. We appreciate you tuning in to our podcast today and pray that through this message you will grow in your knowledge of your Savior, that your faith would be strengthened and it would put a smile on your face. We hope this is a blessing to you. That being said, we are in a new series we are starting today um, called Jesus the Storyteller. And uh, just a, a quick question, how, how many of you uh, enjoy stories? Uh, yeah, I, I, I love, you know, I, I love stories. I think stories are good. And the, the thing is, you know, from, from the time little kids really come into this world, most parents read stories to them. Even when you start school, there are stories read to them. And probably some of you have encountered churches that uh, you think to yourself, man, if that guy would just read stories, I would sleep so much better. Um, So it's just one of those things. We are going to look at probably the greatest storyteller ever, and that is your best friend, my best friend, Jesus. So as we always do, uh, we make our beginning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to bow our heads and ask for God's blessings uh, this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us safely into your house. Uh, We ask this morning that through your your song, through your scripture lesson, through your your word, that you would strengthen us, that you would equip us, you would power us up to go into this world with this message that changes lives and changes eternities. Uh, For the next hour or so, Lord, we would ask you help us to just block out everything that's kind of going on in our lives outside these four walls and just focus on our relationship with you. Uh, We know that it will be blessed. These things we ask and thank in your name. Amen. One of the things we recognize we come in to worship our God is that our God sets standards for us. Those standards are revealed to us in his word, specifically in the Ten Commandments. We see if we hold ourselves up to those Ten Commandments in every aspect of our life, whether it's our thoughts, our words, our actions, even the very state in which we exist and, and live in this world, we are enemies of a holy and perfect God. Therefore, it's only right that as we come in to worship him, we'd acknowledge those times we, we failed to measure up to the the standard that he has set, or even those times where God has established a line in the sand that we have crossed over, that we look back to him in his word, where he reminds us through Jesus' perfect life, through his death, through his resurrection, that that relationship that has been so broken by sin has has been repaired, and, and we're back in God's good grace. And then look back as he shows us every day how he leads us in our daily lives. We'll do that using the words of forgive us, renew us, lead us. We'll read this together. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God, our Heavenly Father, has heard your cry for mercy. And in the place and by his command, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, you are at peace with God. 
You know, when I was preparing for this morning's lesson, I saw a really interesting analogy I'd like you to really think about and bring to heart a little bit. If someone came in the door right now screaming and, and waving um, life jackets and saying, would you like a life jacket? Would you like a life jacket? What would you do? Derek, I see a puzzled look on your face. You probably would do that. You know, with a lot of dismay, you just, God, what's going on? What's wrong with this guy, right? But, you know, if you also think about today's reading and the preceding verses in Romans, especially like this, for the 64 verses in front of today's reading, it's really exposing the situation that we're in. If you were like the Morgans in a couple weeks or about a week or so, and you're offshore about a mile and somebody came running down the, um, the hall and said, the boat is sinking, the boat is sinking. Would you like a life jacket? Take four, <laughs> Take four right? Totally different situation. But it's because you know the situation you're in and you're happy about what was just offered to you. So in this morning's reading, in Romans 3, verses two, um, 21 through 26, it's really God giving us that life jacket. Right? So righteous through faith. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has, made known, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and to the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. This here ends the reading. So uh, quick, quick question this morning. Uh, do I have any readers out here? Uh, not like scripture readers for Sunday. I'm not trying to recruit anybody, but like, like actual books. It could be a digital book, that's acceptable. Uh, even if you're one of those people who are like this, like, hey, I don't like to sit and read. I prefer audio books. That's okay too. Oh, Ken, now I got you. See, that's good. What, what kind of books, or if you were like my elderly grandmother, what kind of stories do you like? Um, what, what do you like? What do you read? Uh, the longer it takes you to answer, the longer the sermon goes. It's really simple. Mystery, okay, mystery. Anything else? Drama? Coloring books? It's about my speed, Michael. I like it. Okay. Uh, scary things? Suspense? Maybe fantasy? Right? Uh, what? Action? Right? It's good. We like that. I, I think what makes a good story is when the, the hero or the main character is thrust into a situation that is a defining moment. And a question maybe is thought. And sometimes it's even ask. And if you've got your notes right in front of you, we, we've got it right away, right? There's a question that is thought but seldom asked. It's in your bulletin. And that is, what did I do to get here? And, and maybe for you, and I, I don't know if you think about your life this way, but really your life is a story that's unfolding, right? 
uh, if we're going to be honest, it's a, it's a love story about how much your Heavenly Father loves you. But maybe as you go through that story and you reflect and you look at things, you at one point or another have asked a question as hardship or difficulty has come into your life that you have asked this question or at least thought it, be honest, we're in church. What did I do to get to this point? Or maybe you ask an even more vague question, how did this happen? Right? What did I do to cause this to happen? Well, if you've ever thought about that, it's kind of a, a neat one today. We're going to dive right in, right? And here's the first question we're going to ask this morning. Are some, you can put people, we just did some, are some worse than others? And maybe you're thinking to yourself, that's kind of a weird one. Well, look at this, look at this passage. This is great. Um, by the way, I just, I just want to say this this morning. I'm willing, if I were a betting man, to, to lay money out that many of you don't even know this, this section uh, from Luke. Uh, it's kind of an interesting. Look at what it says. Now there's some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. So let me just give you kind of the background. Um, the, the Pharisees are attacking Jesus, right? And they're really kind of trying to, to justify themselves. They're trying to, to get Jesus to say that, hey, um, there are people out there who deserve certain things because they are worse. So apparently what happened, there were some pilgrims that had come from Galilee. They'd come up to Jerusalem. They'd gone into the temple to make sacrifices. That's what the Jewish people would do. And as they were making these sacrifices, and, and the, the details are kind of vague. We don't really know why this happens or, or, or what happened with this. Pilate dispatches palace guards, and as they're making the sacrifices, he kills them. And you can imagine this. The blood of these Galileans is mixed with the sacrifices that they're making to God. Now notice what the Pharisees say in the teacher's law. They're, they're bringing this because what do they want Jesus to say? See, this is one of the advantages Jesus has as God's son, right? And being God too. He can read their hearts. Look at what Jesus answered. Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? Because they suffered this way, right? Do you ever have that? Like when you're, when, you're, when you're driving and all of a sudden maybe you see like somebody on the side of the road or you see an accident and you think to yourself, oh man, wonder what they did. <laughs> wonder who they wronged that karma has come around. Or maybe there's this one. Look at this one. This is a good one too. Look at this one. Next passage. So, before we can even jump in, this is Old Testament. Okay? This is Moses and Aaron. And this is when the people actually do a double rebellion. First, they, they rebel against Moses and his leadership. They start to rebel to God. God. Moses goes before God and he prays and he says, Lord, what should I do? As soon as he finished saying this, all of the ground under them split apart. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them in their household. So God says, lead the people who have led the rebellion. Lead them outside these tents. And he gets them all together. And Moses says, hey, we've brought you here. And all of a sudden, the ground opens up. And look at all those associated with Korah. Everybody. Families. 
together with their possessions, they went down alive into the realm of the dead with everything they owned. The earth closed over them and they perished. They were gone from the community. Just, just, just think about this for a second. Maybe, maybe you don't ever think this. How would you like to die? Like if you could pick the way you wanted to die, right? Like come on, like you go to movies and you see people drowning, that wouldn't be really fun, would it? Like if, we were gonna, if you could pick the way to die, wouldn't it be just like you lay down to go to sleep? And then you wake up, oh, hey, Jesus, when did you get here? That'd be kind of cool, right? I don't know that being buried alive as the earth opens up makes my top 10. <laughs> I mean, if you, think, if you think drowning would be bad, imagine inhaling dirt at their cries. Go ahead. All the Israelites around them fled, shouting, the earth is going to swallow us too. And fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men we're offering the incense. Are they worse? See, like, I think we, we look at this one, right? And if you, if you know your background, and, and maybe I didn't spend enough time and, and do enough painting of the picture, these men rebelled against Moses, God's appointed leader. They rebelled against God. And we like to look at this and say, guess what? Come on, let's be honest. What? They kind of got what they deserved. They're bad. Right? They got exactly what they deserved. These people are, here it is, worse than us. Do you ever do, you ever do that? Do you ever celebrate when someone else is struggling? Now, of course, we're in church. We're not going to say that, right? We're not going to do it. But like deep in your heart and in your soul, when there's somebody who you feel has, has gotten finally what is coming to them... <laughs> Do you do a little happy dance? Do you look and say, man, I'm, I'm glad I'm not like them? Well, the truth is, so we had the question, we'll go back to our blanks. The truth is this, when it comes to sin, we're really all the same. We're, we're really all the same. Jesus, Jesus tells this, look at this. I tell you no. Remember, we just said this. Do you think these guys are worse sinners, right? The Galileans who had just been killed by Pilate's guard. Jesus says, hey, do you think they did something? Do you think they're worse? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. And then he, he launches this. Look, at, he goes into this, this other thing that had happened. Apparently, there were 18 people who died when the tower at Siloam fell on them. Bad timing. <laughs> Wrong place, right? Or those 18 who died in the tower and Siloam fell on them? Do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no. This is a defining moment in your relationship with God, whether you realize this or not. So if you're taking notes this morning, the question you want to ask is this. How do you view God? Do you, do you view God as the guy who stands at the whack-a-mole machine at Chuck E. Cheese. Right? How many of you played whack-a-mole? Let's be honest. Yeah, fun game. D- Derek's, Derek's here, man. He's with it. <laughs> right? The whack-a-mole game, if you don't know what that is, you get this big spongy thing. It's a big thing. There's circles. And as soon as the mole pops out, Derek, what do you do? You whack him as hard as you can. And he goes down, and then what happens? And then what do you do? You whack him. Is that how you view your relationship with God? 
that God looks and says this, I know you. I know your heart. And I'm sitting up in heaven waiting to whack-a-mole you down. (laughs) There's 18 people. Oh, they're bad. Push, Tower of Siloam, splat. (laughs) Think that's how God is? Oh, man, you had a fight with your wife today. Tire blowout on the way to work. (laughs) Really? Think that's how our God works? Because see, Jesus says otherwise. Look at it. Unless you repent. See, see, Jesus gives you this incredible picture. This incredible picture that our God is patient. But through repentance, there is forgiveness. And he says that this is the thing. You heard this in Don's lesson this morning. It was great, right? God had left these sins unpunished. Right? But see, this is the thing. It's like you have a sin credit card and you're just maxing it, (laughs) right? You're maxing it. And God sends Jesus who pays it, right? There's a time where God said, hey, the Savior's coming. And these sins and all of the sins and all of the future sins that you do, that I do, Jesus pays for them. And there needs to be repentance. Otherwise, you too will all perish. Now, probably, probably what you're thinking is this. Yeah, we understand that, but like we're church people. Well, look at this. Look at this from Corinthians. This is a great one. Paul says this, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our, our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. Anybody know what he's talking about here? Yeah, when they leave Israel, right? He said, or leave Egypt, I'm sorry. When the Israelites leave Egypt, he's saying, look it, our ancestors, the people we came from, they were under the cloud. They passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. Look it, they all ate the same spiritual food. What do you think he's talking about? Manna. They all drank the same spiritual drink. What do you think he's talking about? If you were here early, if you were here earlier, wine, communion, also talking about something bigger here. What do you think? Anybody want to guess? Think of, think of Old Testament. Think of maybe if you, if you, if you really know your, your Bible, Kadesh. Anything big happen at Kadesh? What happened? Remember, Moses had this staff. He goes up to a rock, and what does he do? And what happens from the rock? Water flows. So this is a beautiful thing. Look at what he says. They drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. Check out the next phrase. Read it with me. And that rock was because this is what happened. There is this legend that after, just just think this through. There's this legend that after Moses took the staff and he hit the rock, that they cut a piece of the rock off, they carried it with them, and whenever they wanted something to drink, he would whip out this rock. And the Israelites believe that. What's the problem with that? Just think, don't, don't, don't be like, they took a rock, come on, don't think that way. What's the problem with that? The problem is this. Who gets the glory? The rock or? Who's holding the rock? Moses, what was the problem? Do you remember with the rock going into this? This is so beautiful. Do you remember? What did Moses not do? 
Did he give the glory to God or did he take the glory? Took the glory. And here Paul looks and says this. That's from a loving God. It's a loving God. It's Christ. Like, get aligned. Nevertheless, God was not most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Sin is sin. It's a reality. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in God's eyes what that sin is. Sin removes perfection and puts barriers up between God and man. And I know we like to do this. It's just a little sin. <laughs> it doesn't hurt anything. Really. <laughs> Think about in your life times where you have looked and tried to justify a little sin that quickly snowballed into a big sin that destroys families, that destroys relationships, and most importantly, puts your relationship with God in jeopardy. See, this, this is the thing. Sometimes we, 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 we get into this situation we think things like this. Because we call ourselves Christians, because we have Christ in here, we have it figured out. And what our job then is, is to help the rest of the world figure it out instead of humbly going forward and saying, there but by the grace of God go I. And the only difference between me and the person in this world who doesn't know Jesus is that I have Christ. Because oftentimes, even as Christians, we can probably be better sinners because we can justify our sins. <laughs> and we know we have forgiveness. Look, look at this passage. Look at this passage. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Do you, should we, should we break that down or maybe do you get it? Anytime we see this, here is a trustworthy saying. I hope as you, as you hear that, you should be hearing things like this. Listen up! Do, 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 do. <laughs> right? This is important. This would be, by the way, like if you sent a text on your phone with effect. Right? Not gentle, but this is like, bam! <laughs> right? That deserves... Partial acceptance, some acceptance, when it's convenient, no full. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, read the last part, of whom I am the worst. Jim, who wrote this? Yeah, who wrote it? Paul. Thank you. Could we argue that Paul was the greatest missionary ever? Uh, did Paul have a gift to be able to reach people? Maybe a little gift, <laughs> right? And yet, what does he think of himself? Does he say this? Check this out. Does he say this? Here's a trustworthy saying. This is full acceptance. Christ Jesus came in this world to save sinners, of whom I'm the least. <laughs> does he say, but not me, because I'm pretty darn good. <laughs> because I'm special, 
And not the kind of special we use here in Texas, like, oh, they're special. That's not what I'm saying there, right? <laughs> no, he, he says, of whom I am the worst. Because see, Paul, Paul understood this. Paul understood this. He understood that sin is sin and it damns. It damns. So here's the moral. Here we go. Here's the moral. Everyone has some repenting to do. Right? And now finally we get into the story. As we've set all this up, we get into the story. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, thank you. Right there. Good. We're going to start at the then. Then he told this parable. What's a parable? Earthly story with a heavenly meaning. This is an easier one. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should I use it? Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man said, replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. What's the moral? Who's the fig tree? Who's who's the guy caring for the fig tree? Jesus, right? We're the fig tree. And some of you who are here, you know this, because this is the thing. You, You did not have the privilege. You did not have the privilege where you were brought up in the church, right? You didn't have that privilege where a long time ago your parents brought you into God's kingdom through baptism. And God put his brand on you. Rather, you came to faith later in life through someone sharing that message. And you look back at your life and you say things like this. Oh man, there are points in my life where I was not productive. I was in Minnesota, or not Wisconsin, this uh, last week, and uh, it's a good story. So many of you know that uh, I have a guy in my life who's kind of like my life coach. His name's Rick Rick Lowen. Uh, he's a pretty big dude. Some of you've seen him. He likes to work out. He was coming to the wedding. I was coming to as well. The guy I happen to stay with, his name is also Rick, <laughs> and this guy could double for the Incredible Hulk in the Avengers. He's that big. So Friday morning. Rick Lowen calls me and he says, hey, I'm getting into town. Um, I want to work out. Can I go work out with you and Rick? Now, I can, I can take one of those guys. <laughs> but two of those guys? <laughs> Let me just tell you, I was sore for about four days <laughs> after this. But this is the coolest thing. We get in the car after we work out. I'm in the back and the double Ricks are in front. And Rick Lowen turns to me and he says, and now I'm going to test how good of a pastor you are. Which we always like that, right? I love that. I like tests. I always do well at them. And I, this is one of the few times I can say this. Little Rick says to Big Rick. I don't think Rick Lowen, I don't think Rick Lowen is often called Little Rick. Little Ricky turns to, to Big Ricky. And, and he says like this. This is what he says. 
Who are you? And he responds. Jack, how does he respond? Very good. Because that's our identity. He says, what's your purpose? And so Rick, after he says the first one, Rick turns to me and goes, well, you're one for one. What's your purpose? And Big Rick says, to serve God, honor God, and share God's love with everyone. And I do that through relationships with people I know and by sharing with other people. Two for two. Third one. When things are not good in your life, what Bible passage do you go to first? And my friend Rick, Big Rick, turns to little Rick and he says, you want just one? And Rick Lowen turns back to me and goes, nice job. I said, that's Christ. See, the beautiful thing is my friend Big Rick, he had a lot of years that he was not fruitful. He had a lot of years where he and God were not cool. But see, this is the beautiful point. Our Savior is patient. But, but this is where it gets difficult. Because do not misunderstand patience for being soft and, and allowing and tolerating sin. See, we don't know when that time is going to come. We, we don't know when Jesus will return. Right, right now, you know what's going on right now? Here's what's happening right now. Through God's word, he's digging around you. He's fertilizing you. And the question that's being asked is, what is your purpose and are you bearing fruit? We could get cliche and we could say things like this. If being a Christian was a crime, is there enough evidence to convict? (laughs) Cheesy. It's cheesy. Love God, love others. Serve God. That's That's our purpose. Examine ourselves. Look at at this passage from the psalm. Look at this. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me, me in your wrath. Your arrows have pierced me and your hand has come down on me. Because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. There is no soundness in my bones. Because of my sin, here it is. My guilt has overwhelmed me. Like a burden too heavy to bear. You ever feel like that? Is there, is there something in your life right now that you are not addressing, that you are not being transparent with your God about? Lord, do not forsake me. Do not be far from me. My God, come quickly to help me, my Lord and my Savior. See, early in the service, we, we did this really cool thing, right? We did this, forgive us, renew us, lead us. And this is always my fear. This is always my fear. My fear is that we, we, we do things, they become routine and we don't think about them. We call that going through the motions, <laughs> right? But do we come in and say, this is the opportunity. Why we do that? Why do we do that? Because we recognize that our God is perfect and that we've offended a holy and perfect God. It's not about you getting caught or not getting caught because this is the thing God knows and he sees it. And maybe what needs to happen is we need to be constantly examining ourselves before God and repenting because if we're not, 
like David, that guilt becomes like a burden too heavy to bear. But what did Christ say? What did he say? Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy. Right? It's like, because through Christ's perfect life and through his death, he removes that from you. Look, final passage today. Look at final passage today. Here it is. God. Thought there's one more. Don't we have one more? That's 130, yeah. No? Not there. Okay, well, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I can look it up. I can do that quick. Everybody pull out your phones. This is a rare time in church. It's good. It's a good thing we have good Wi-Fi here. Psalm 130, look in your, in your bulletins. We're going to go Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4. This is what it says. If you kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Do you, do you do that? I was at a wedding last night. I was at a wedding last night, and I was thinking this. First thing I was thinking is, man, when I got married, I was young and didn't know anything. <laughs> right? And as I, as I start to, to counsel people, too, for weddings, I got another wedding coming up. One of the things I say is, you know, let's, let's not get into a scoreboard relationship. And what I mean by that is you look and you say this, like, you did this wrong. And then she'll come back and say, but you did this wrong. And you're keeping track of all that. Remember that, like, early in your marriage, you ever do that? Hillary's smiling. Um, did that ever happen, right? Janine's smiling. She always did that. Um, <laughs> Terry's just shaking her head. It's just one of those things, right? Christina's just smiling. Christine's laughing. It's just one of those things, right? That we, we go through that. Do you ever think about this? God does not do that. When was the last time you went to God and said, Lord, I, I've screwed this up, and God does like this? Well, hold on one second. Yep, actually, 492 times in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> right? You're back again? Oh. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? It's implied there, not I. <laughs> Look at what the next one. But with you there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you. Oh, man. Just, just think about that. I, remember before I said that, that this today, bigger or worse, it, it's, a, it's a crucial point in your relationship with God, right? Crucial point in your relationship with God because it's going to say, how do you view God? Do you view your God as a God of mercy, as a God of grace, as a God of forgiveness? Or do you view him as the God who's standing at the Chuck E. Cheese whack-a-mole game and you're the whack-a-mole, right? Okay? There's the flip side of that too. When you understand the forgiveness and you understand the grace that he's given you and you understand what you were and now who you are, we're going to get to that in a second. Why do you serve him? Because you have to? No. Because you get to? Maybe. 
or because you can't help it. <laughs> you can't help it. I'm counseling a couple I'm doing a, a, a wedding for in September, and I, I was joking with them. They're, they're a young couple, and they're, they're trying to do things the way God wants them to do things. They're expressing some of the struggles, and I, I, I kind of smiled, and they said, you know, the, the thing is, like, the world says this, God says this. I said, you know, I've been a pastor almost 20 years, right? And uh, I've never, ever had somebody come into my office and say this. Yeah, I need a divorce. Why do you need a divorce? Because my husband loves me like Christ loved the church. <laughs> um, we're doing it, we, do, we did it God's way, and he's doing exactly what I need. And I just can't handle it. <laughs> I've never had a husband come in and say, yeah, she submits to me and uh, puts all of my needs and my desires ahead of me. It just, it's not working. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Right? It's not going to, this can't do it. <laughs> See, your relationship with God isn't a have to. When, when, when through faith you understand what you are and what God has done in your life, it's a can't help but. So we, so we started this morning like this. We started this morning with this simple question, right? This simple question. What did I do? What did you do to get here? And this is the thing. It's not about what you did. It's all about what Christ has done. Right? Do do you, do you believe that your God loves you so much that he provides you with an opportunity to repent and he is waiting there, arms wide open, (laughs) to take you back. That's what he's done. That's what he's done. It's my hope for you this week, as you move through this week, that you, you, you see your God as a God who loves you. And at the same time, you spend that hard time looking in the mirror and that you repent the same way I do before our God and embrace the forgiveness that he gives you through Christ. We ask for his help in this. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time, we'll worship our God through giving. Uh, at the same time, if you... If you've uh, taken time to fill out a Connect card, which I hope you have, uh, please uh, just drop that in the offering basket as well. Thank you. There we go. One of the great blessings we have um, through our Savior is that he welcomes us into our family. We talk about this a lot here, uh, doing life together. Um, so we, we carry each other's burdens. So at this point, we'll just bow our heads, and we're going we're gonna to pray this morning that, one, we, 
we are always constantly in that, that life of repentance, um, not so that, that we're good, uh, but so that our relationship with our Heavenly Father is always good. So we'll bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, it is so easy to fall into a comparison game and to, to look at sins that are bigger, sins that are worse, when in actuality, um, Lord, it's all the same, and sin is sin. And we, we thank you, um, Lord, that, that people like us, sinners like us, the chief of sinners, you, you still call us to be your children, and you use us so that others can hear about your love. We ask this morning that you would hear us as we come before you silently uh, and just work on our hearts. And Lord, if there's something we've been withholding or something that we've been struggling with, that we would just tell you and that we would just see the cross as we we look up and see that it is empty because Jesus lived and died for us. Hear us this morning as we come before you privately. All of these things we bring before you as we join together in the prayer that you have taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Receive now with believing hearts the blessing of your God who loves you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and grant you his peace. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We hope that through this podcast, your faith has been strengthened your relationship with Jesus has been firmly rooted in him and that it has been an overall blessing to you and your life. God's blessings today and have a great day.